Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. The following message is part of our series called The Jesus Agenda, where we are looking at not what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do. We hope you enjoy this message. Grab a seat, guys. Thank you very much uh, again. And thank you, Sean. Very kind words there. And, uh, and I want to also just remind you, um, Sean and Morello are doing a great job leading the church here, which is fantastic. And I always am a big fan. Yep, put your hands together. Um, and again, the best thing you can do for your pastors is to pray for them. That is always the thing that you need to keep very much um, before you. And uh, again, they have led the church, leading the church, doing great things, just seeing the different expressions back into the community, because that's what it's about. It's not just having a huddle in church. It's basically reaching out into your community. So well done. But keep them in prayer. The other uh, part I'd like to say here is um, just want to say hello to our good friends, Annie and Lucas, and say hi, my bald brother down the back there. Similarly, he's a little bit taller than me, but you know. But we know those guys have been friends for many years, and it's always great to see them. And I also want to, um, I'm going to ask Kel. Where's Kel? Oh, Kel, why don't you come back up here again? Um, excellent message. Any good? Come on, bring it on. Great message. And uh, I'm going to let you read this verse of Scripture today. Get yourself positioned and ready and do what you need to do. Um, I just want to talk about faith. And, you know, Sean was talking to me about the series of what was happening in church life and, and wanted to talk about faith, etc. And just bringing this um, message together really honestly felt like it's not a message to be heard, it's a, a message to be embraced. And really this is about taking what you have and bringing it forward to God to release it in your life. And remember, and there's a couple of scriptures which I could read out to you, which I always, you know, really is the essence of what faith is about. In Hebrews 11 verse 6 it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. Faith is intentional. You need to realize that. It's also, too, you have to get in that position and believe that, again, you can't please God. I want to be known by God, but you can't please God or have a relationship with him without taking a, a step of faith. And whether you know Christ or not, or know Jesus as your Lord or not, is not the issue right now. The issue is on the basis that if you want to, you do need to take a step towards him. He is already engaged by stepping towards you, but again, we need to reciprocate. It, everything we do in life needs to be intentional. The other part is you actually have to, number one, believe that He is God and that He is a good God. And without that step, you cannot embrace the relationship with Him. The second verse of Scripture. You ready? Yep. I'm just giving you emotional to prepare yourself <laughs> a moment. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Faith in itself is not just a thing, it's a gift. And the gift starts with salvation. Basically having that moment. For me, back on the 4th of February 1976, Jesus rocked up in my LSD trip and revealed to me that he was Lord. I wasn't looking for him at the time, but my sister had never given up praying for me. And she used her faith to release God in my life to actually bring an understanding of, hey, God wants to get a little closer to you, Greg. Thank the Lord. But it wasn't my faith. It was her faith stepping forward intentionally through prayer, believing and praying, releasing an opportunity. And I believe this morning there are opportunities for every single one of us. 
whether it is establishing a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or it may be simply like, you know what, I was believing for this area of healing. I was believing this area of finance, of emotional dysfunction or breakdown. I'm believing that God will. Well, why don't we take a step towards that, what you have believed? Because it doesn't happen because we sit. It's because we literally stand and step into what we're believing. Are you with me? Miracles are in this room. Not because it just says it in the Bible, because they are something which God wants to actualize in your life. And you are a part of this church on the basis of attending because you had nothing else to do this morning. Hello. We could be drinking coffee, reading the paper, doing some incredibly meaningful things. But that's Saturday, not Sunday. Sunday is here engaging and releasing the opportunity for that power and faith to come forth. Kel, I'm loving it. I felt the love before when she was preaching. Oh, I was stirred. I better get this together because this girl can preach. What I want to do here is I'm just going to ask Kel to read the verses of Scripture from Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through to 42. And it's a story of a man by the name of Jairus, a religious man, a religious leader who actually had known about Jesus but had not engaged in his life or had a relationship with him until a need was presented. And that was his daughter was ill. And in the middle of this incredible story, you see the life of a woman who, again, had no reason really at that time to be in a relationship with anybody because she had, and the term is an issue of blood, she, her body was bleeding and she was termed or seen as being unclean according to the religious acts or understanding of what Leviticus 15 talks about. If you're unclean, you can't be in a relationship with anybody until you are clean. But in the middle of this, I love how Mark, through this incredible, these two stories, turns it together to say, by a simple act of faith. It wasn't Jesus approaching them, they approached him. And that is, again, and I love this verse of Scripture, which comes from Matthew 9, verse 28 and 29. How are you going? Good, just thought I'd just check. The story of Bartimaeus, incredible story. And it says there, and when Jesus had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And that is the story of two blind men. But Bartimaeus is another gentleman who actually approached Jesus because he could not, again, either. See, he was blind. But the reality is there was an approach. And the reality is how do blind people ever move towards Jesus? Move towards anyone? They can't. Why? They're blind. You don't go anywhere if you're blind. Why? Because something terrible could happen. And this message isn't for an individual here today or a person. It's for all of us. Number one, to personally to receive, but also to embrace the faith in which I believe God wants to release in you and offer it to somebody else. Blind people need people who can see to lead them to the place they should go. Amen. Kel, thank you very much. You are now on. Awesome. Okay. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, 
And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and she had suffered many things from many doctors. She had spent all that she had and was no better. In fact, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I could touch his clothes, then I might be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, there's a whole multitude around you and you're asking who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child isn't dead. She's just sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl rose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know and said that something should be given to her to eat. Fantastic, Kel. Thank you, Kel. Don't go anywhere. Just stay there. When you were doing the offering message, there was a very clear word in which Sean has already elaborated upon. But I believe the words in which you speak, in which you shall be preaching and ministering in, are not just words for the ear. They are words for the heart. And the power of the words in which you speak are something which have already been framed within you. And the words in which you speak, the thoughts in which you have, shall be guided by him. And those words shall not just, again, tickle the ear, but it shall transform the heart. Because you shall win literally hundreds and hundreds to Christ because of the preaching of the word in which is in you, in Jesus' name. God bless you, girl. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray for Kel. We pray for her. Wonderful little family, but in Jesus' name, I pray that the gift that you have given to her, let her speak it with a boldness, with a strength, and let your word be magnified in the lives of people which bring salvation, life, and miracles. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. Let's put our hands together one more time. So, we can do this. Fast track it. So, just some insights here very quickly into faith and the whole idea of it. I want you to keep on the front foot while I'm talking here. That again, faith isn't something in which you, again, as a gift, as I mentioned to you, it's not a gift that you go, wow, thank you, I've got a gift. Gifts are meant to be open, correct? And I want you to keep on the front foot with anticipation, I wonder what's in it. 
Because again, you can have, has anyone ever received one of those gifts that you've opened a present and go, oh, interesting, yes, uh, thank you. No one here at all, I receive those every year, actually. My father, you know, going way back, my father, again, he never quite walked with the Lord for all those years. I believe in those final moments he made that decision. But for all those years in my upbringing, like as a young man still discovering his way, I was a little bit out of control as a young man. Some might say a little bit more than a little bit. But in that, my father faithfully every Christmas would go, son, got a little bit of a present here for you. I go, oh, dad, what would that be? Every Christmas, without fail, he'd give me a bottle of whiskey. Isn't that so kind of my father? The issue here is simply this. I don't drink whiskey. <laughs> but faithfully, every year, he never, ever gave up, son, just a little something. Oh, Dad, thank you. Why? Wait a minute. A bottle of whiskey? My kids used to say, even say, I wonder what you're getting today, Dad. <laughs> And my father, when I brought it to his attention, said, really, you don't drink? Hmm, okay. But again, faithfully, every year my dad brought the <laughs> bottle of whiskey. People say, it doesn't matter about the gift. It's just the, the, the thought. I know, but I'm after the gift. I'd like not to get a bottle of whiskey. I'd like something else more meaningful, Father. God bless him. He was a great man. Love my dad. But in all of that, my point is simply this, is that gifts were not there to be looked at, or it's not the measurement of whether it's right or inappropriate. Can I tell you, when God gives you a gift, He gives you exactly what you need. There are things that have been placed in your life in which you have stood upon, believed for, yet you have not seen. And the reality is sometimes we stand, we believe, we fight, but we throw in the towel because we just haven't seen it in the time frame that we gave to God. Time frames are left up to Him. A day is but a thousand years to the Lord. I pray that I don't see the thousand years. I'd like to see a result today. Because there are things I am standing for and going to agree with you and pray with you that God starts to shift and move and do something, whether it's healing, whether it's finance, whether it's relational, whatever it may be, it happens this day, not in a thousand years. Amen? So some insights very quickly about Again, that story, those incredible insights from those stories, the very first thing you see there is that in verse 23, it's a, a great statement by the father. He arrives to Jesus and says, please come and put your hands on my daughter so that she will be healed. Not saying I've got a problem, if you can or whatever. He's saying, come and bring healing. You can do it. It's a can-do mentality. The woman approaches Jesus and says in verse 28, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Can you see here the two accounts are simply that it starts off with a declaration not by Jesus, but by Jairus and the woman. The declaration, it shall happen. What can I say that? Well, what can I ask you today? What things did you say were going to come to pass that you were believing you were standing for, but the reality is you have not seen them? Why? Because time has interfered with the result in your mind. Or it's impossible. We start on the front foot of faith and possibility, then after time, 
we retract, pull back, and move in. It's never going to happen. You know what? The saddest day for any of us on the planet will be arriving in heaven and that great triumphant day when we say, Hi, Lord, how are you? It's so good to see you, Greg. Wow, you know, so good to see you. And we arrive and go, so good to see you. I was like, man, I had a few little moments. Where I was a bit concerned whether I'd arrive, but here I am. He said, yeah, I was a bit worried myself, but thank the Lord. Thank Jesus. You made it. Yeah, great. So is there anything you would like to, uh, to ask me at all? Any answers you'd like? And I, yeah, well, I got a couple. Has anyone got a couple? Hello. Well, you know, I prayed, was praying and believing for this situation, you know, uh, financially and that healing. He said, yeah. He said, man, I remember them. Oh, good, you remember them. Oh, my word, I remember them. I remember every single prayer you pray. Everyone, really? Can I got a question? Just, just one. Sorry, I don't want to take up all your time. I know there's a lot of people coming through the gates right now. But just, just can we pause for a brief moment? You know, when I was believing and praying, you know, I prayed a lot about that situation. Actually, and the Lord goes, you did. You prayed very well. You prayed 139 times on that issue. Really? That many? I didn't realize. Yes, man, I loved it. You were doing well to about 120. Then we hit 125, and then I don't know what happened. It was like, basically, there was a hole in the bucket. Every, everything fell out. Yeah, I sort of remember, like, because I thought you weren't listening. Oh, no, I was listening. Well, 139, 139 times? Yeah, 143 would have done it. <laughs> what? No way! You mean I missed it by four? Yep. Can I just ask about that? Yep. That was, that was a 72. Yeah, how did you go? Oh, you only got the 23. Oh, okay. What about this? Yeah, that was, that was honestly, that was 11. And he prayed it once. <laughs> Bad day. Let's not arrive in heaven and suddenly realize when we get there, it's just because we gave up a little bit early. Because, again, we didn't stay hard to the declaration of faith. Jairus says, if you come, she will. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I just touch him, I will. Can we get not the will of God back in our life, but the determination that I will not let go until God blesses me and brings forth that which he has promised. That's what we've got to generate in our faith again. So often today, we make reasons why it hasn't happened. Yeah, you can make reasons till you're dead and buried. And the reality is when you start to make reasons, it no longer has life to come to pass. You've killed the very thing you're believing for. Declarations are important. God wants us to own our faith, not borrow the faith of others. Second thing which comes out there is the, the touch of faith. Verse 23, it says there, the touch of faith. Put your hands on my daughter, Jesus, so that she will be healed and live. Put your hands on her. There's many moments in Scripture where you see in Jesus, people were brought to him and he laid hands on people and they were healed. And the powerful gift of, of healing, of miracles, occur through the laying on of hands. It's in the Bible, very clear. There's so many Scriptures you could draw out and 
bring out in Luke 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. The laying of hands. Paul, the great apostle. Peter, the great apostle. Laying of hands, it's all in Scripture. Don't need to go into that discussion. The laying of hands, powerful. There are moments where ministry will take place. Pastor Sean and Pastor Mella and the team will be out here and will say, come forward, we're going to lay hands on you. Can I just read one scripture to you just to help you understand what is transpiring here? In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, it says this. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have, been, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And the word there, honor, is honor God by using your body for the good of others. Honor God by the good which God has given you. I've done this many times and I've even done it in this church many years ago. Put your hand out in front of you. Just put your hand out in front of you. Look at that hand. There's some young hands. There's some more mature hands. When Jesus steps into your life, he doesn't step into a small part of your life. He steps into the completeness of your life. Thoughts can be ordered by him because his mind is in your mind. But one of the greatest personal revelations I have personally received from Jesus when a good friend of mine had passed away and I said God you promised and I've always found you may put your hands down I just want you to have a good look at that hand because all I'm saying is that his hand is in your hand when Jesus steps into your life he doesn't step into a small part of your heart or a corner of your mind the, the completeness of Christ steps into your being fills you through the person of the Holy Spirit and when he steps in there, when you lift your hands in worship, his hands are in worship. When you speak a word, as will Kel speak a word and the word will travel. As Pastor Sean speaks, the word of God travels not because of the articulation of a man or a woman, but because of the power of the Spirit speaking through the words which are empowered by him. Power of the word. And so often we go, oh, Pastor Sean, can you pray? Pastor Morelli, can you pray? Yeah. Team, can you pray for my, these people? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you get intentional and back on the front foot and start to say, you got an issue? Let me pray for you. You see, the church is not about ones and twos. The church is about a complete body of people, fully operational, believing that, again, you have a problem, let me pray for you. When I lay hands upon you, and it says, be careful of who lays hands upon you, by the way. No time to go into scripture or too much theology here. But the reality is when Jesus steps into our life, it's not like, can someone else do it for me? You see, that's where we put down our faith. We want to borrow everyone else's faith. Why don't we stand and pick up our faith by saying, the Holy Spirit is within me. And you need to be, let me stand and pray that God will bring that job, will bring healing to your family, will restore that relationship. Why don't we get on the front foot in faith instead of saying, oh, next Sunday, Pastor Sean, Pastor Morella. No, no. Why don't we get on the front foot and say, when Jesus stepped in my life, I had everything I need. When the church is empowered, it's empowered because we get on the front foot of faith again. He touched them, reaching out with hands. One of the, the greatest words the Lord personally gave to me outside of that revelation of that miracle with a friend who passed away, he said, whose hand is that? And I said, that's my hand. I recognize it. have known it for many years. He said, it is my hand within your hand. He's not discussing why my friend had passed away. 
is discussing what are you going to do from this point on. Sometimes tragedy, as it was with Jairus, as it was with the woman of the issue of blood, it was a moment to capture a significant moment which transformed their life and their future. Why not you here today? Why not you? Why not you? I was preaching in Thailand and some of the most incredible things have taken place traveling to other nations, which you know, but I just don't want it in other nations. I want it in my nation. I want to see it here in Hobart in Tasmania. I want to see things happen in Australia throughout Western culture. I'll go there. That's where miracles. No, miracles are here. Why? Because we're here. We are here. The church is here. The church is on the front foot of faith, believing, standing strong. And I was there and I was praying and we'd had this incredible meetings where, again, literally thousands of people had made decisions to come to Christ. And in the middle of that, and, and I, I felt like if you need God just to touch you, why don't you come forward? And I thought, that's a stupid thing to say here. And literally hundreds of people came out. And I'm thinking, oh no, what am I going to do here? I'll be here all day. And the Lord gave me one little statement, which is simply this. Greg, you can touch a hundred, but I can touch a hundred thousand. You see, so often we're reliant upon just, I'm doing the ministry. Why don't we give God the most wonderful opportunity to do the ministry for us by activating our faith in our position, in our place, to bring that revelation, bring that miracle, bring that healing to those people's lives. A simple revelation which can train. I want this morning to be a moment of revelation to you. Did you go, oh, please God? No. You can't please God without faith unless you move towards Him. Remember Moses, good old Mo. He'd been wandering around the mountain for years. Again, he'd been going to the house of God, Mount Horeb, the house of God. Why? Because of disappointment. He was trying to help. But a whole lot of stuff went on which disappointed him. He stepped away. He was still in church, but he'd stepped away in his faith and belief in God. And the story is that one day, one day, I want this to be your one day, on your mountain, in church, in the house of God, this day, to simply go, you know what? There's a burning bush. I hope this is a burning bush moment. I'm not going to light myself up, I can assure you. But the reality is, this could be a moment where the light is turned on in the inside of you, which goes, you know what? I'm going to believe again. But you see, you can have the moment of the light coming on. Yes. And nothing changes. You see, Moses saw the burning bush, went, wow. And wow, 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 wow. Great. Nothing changes. You can come to church with the wow factor. God, so good. So good. But nothing's changed in my world. Why? Because you didn't do what Moses did. You got wow and went home. Moses went wow and stepped towards. And as soon as he took one step of faith towards it, then God spoke. The power of the miracle is because we're on one step forward. Not a hundred, one releases God. One, the power of one. What I love about this story as well is that Jairus says, lay your hands upon my daughter. But then we see with the woman of the issue of blood comes up behind Jesus and touches his cloak. She doesn't say, Jesus. No, no. She comes in behind him and touches his cloak. 
We know the story, and Jesus says, I felt power travel from my clothing, from my cloak. Let me bring you this thought very quickly. The cloak is translated simply as presence. His clothing, in which it says, and she touched his cloak, is also in the Hebrew word translated as presence. His presence. You know, we might need an altar call moment, but very soon I want us all to stand in his presence and touch his presence, his cloak. You see, we always think we have to be in front of Jesus. No, no, no. I've learned in life, Jesus does far more behind your back than in front of your face. And sometimes we always think that we have to be in that perfect place before God. This woman was unclean, unfit to even stand before a man, before a teacher of of the law, a man who spoke truth. But God still honored her. Incredible. Too much in this, too much. The presence of God in a moment, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to engage. We're going to take that step towards the burning bush. We're going to lift our hands and go, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to begin and declare that which I have believed, yet I may have put it down. I'm going to pick it up and believe, and I'm going to start to state what will be, not what has. I want to see the difference. She was unclean. So many things in here, so many things. There is the push, the perseverance of faith. The woman was opposed because of the great crowd standing around. People stood in the way. Sometimes people stand in the way of our trying to push forward. And they'll go, oh, look, you've been believing for years and, 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 and months. And, and so it's such a long time. I mean, it, nothing's going to happen. They can get in the way. People in church, they're trying to protect you. I don't want to be protected. I want to take that step as Moses did in his moment of moment of change his moment of realization in his moment of transformation i would love you to do that this morning as well you need that push to push on she was unclean shouldn't be near any people but she chose to go i don't care i'm going i need to touch if i just touch that presence something will happen jairus he says let me go to see your daughter and along the way jesus gets distracted of my daughter's lying there. Jesus, please don't stop. Come. Understand this. It may appear that Jesus is distracted or gone off course, but he hasn't. He hasn't. He pauses, brings healing to a woman. He takes longer than it could have taken. Then in the moment, just to really cast salt over the wound, that Jesus took time out and wasn't going to see his daughter, someone from the house simply comes and says, hey, your daughter's dead. Sorry, don't bother the teacher anymore. You see, people get in the way again, telling you this won't happen. It's not going to happen. This hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. People can stand in the way. Understand this. You can't do this alone. My final point will be there in just a moment. The reality is simply this, that we need to get back on the front foot, pushing in, believing, irrespective of the challenges of what people say. People will get in our way. Stand with people who stand with you, not against you and opposed against you. The addition of faith, I love this. Simply that when Jesus, when the, the woman comes with the issue of blood, she comes to Jesus. He says, you, you have been healed. But I love this. 
When we take that step of faith, God goes above and beyond what we ask of Him. In verse 34, He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. She went to get healed, but she got peace as well. She got another part of the greatness and the bigness of God's generosity and love and life for us. Because He doesn't want to just take you to a place for that specific area. He wants to go above and beyond if you will just be on the front foot of faith again. Verse 37. He did not let anyone follow Him except Peter, James and John, the brothers of James. Your faith is impacted by the people you are in relationship with. They will either empower you or disempower your faith. Your friends will determine the outcome of your faith and walk with Christ. I've seen people who have known Christ, who've known the Lord. They get disconnected and they start to get connected with people who have questions about God and challenges about God and and whether God can and they were believing for a miracle but now they're not. Why? Because people they've been hanging with hasn't been complementary to their faith. It has been a hindrance to their faith. Who are you hanging with? Or who aren't you hanging with? You see, we're here today and why church exists because we come together to rub shoulders with other people of like-mindedness and faith. And the power of that simple statement goes from Matthew verse 18, 19, 20. Again, truly I say to you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I shall be with them. We need other people. Moses, an exception from the rule. Why? Because God had a bigger love. He had a love for a man, for his home, but for a nation. Let me tell you, a lot of us aren't going to be changing nations. But I'll tell you what, you won't change your own family unless you stand alongside like-minded people. Where is Christ in your life? Where is that relationship with Jesus? Disappointments may have overwhelmed you because of things, people standing in the way, opposition, bad reports. Where is your faith? Finally, we have to create space of faith. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and they went inside with the child. They went into a place of believing, praying, standing together. We need each other more than we realize. You can come to church and be one of the most lonely people on the planet. You can live in a family and still be one of the most isolated, lonely people on the planet. Australia still has one of the highest incidents of suicide. We're the lucky country. Well, what happened with all these people who weren't so lucky? Why are they taking their life? Why? Because they have no hope. And hope will never be achieved unless you have something to believe in and a faith to stand on. I stand here and I am thankful that my sister, back in 1976, she prayed for years because of her out-of-control son who had no knowledge of God, had no relationship with God, had no instruction about God, but she never gave up praying and believing that one day Jesus would step into his life and radically bring change to his life. I stand here because my sister is my mother, Teresa. Why? Because she stepped and went the extra mile, stood in there and God never gave up, not because I'd given up. I wasn't looking for him. She never gave up. 
She stayed in her position of faith. I'm believing. I'm going grey because of my, my brother. Yet I'm believing that one day, one day, Jesus, you will come and step into his life and bring the transformation I'm being believing for. I look at his life. I see his out of control lifestyle. I see he's so far from God. Yet, God, you are bigger than that. You are bigger than life, situation and circumstance. That is the God that we serve and live. I want to ignite the fire of faith in every single one of us here today. You may have believed for something which hasn't come to pass. Maybe it's time to pick up that belief again. Jesus said to Jairus, when the bad report came, your daughter is dead. He doesn't go, oh, Jairus, he's not being pastoral. What does he say? He says, don't be afraid, only believe. I want to say to you today, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe again. I'm going to do two things and I'll close the service. The very first thing is, I want to ask every person here today, where are you in that relationship with Jesus? The way forward, if you have no direction, no, no directional guidance or hope about what the future is about, let me tell you, Jesus is in the business of giving us direction and hope again. My life changed. I would not be here today unless Jesus stepped into my life. I know that. Where are you in that relationship with Jesus? When Jesus steps into your life, He gives you the power to stand on His Word in that relationship to move mountains. But it first starts with a step towards Jesus. I'm going to ask people in just a moment, if you've never made that decision to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to raise your hand, not to me, but to Him. Simply to raise your hand and say, Greg, I want to get connected with Jesus. So you may have never have done that. Or maybe you have. And for, for whatever reason, even going to church, you stepped away from that relationship. You're doing the right thing by going to church, like Moses. But he wasn't in a relationship with God. But he had to take a step towards to release God. Maybe you did know him and stepped away from him in that relationship. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And on doing that, He will see your hand. And that connection by a simple prayer that we will all pray collectively together will reconnect us the right way. And then the final thing I will do in closing is that I'll ask everybody to stand in the final moment. And by standing, I want us to lift up our hands. If there are areas in your life that you have been believing for, yet you have not seen them come to pass, I want you to reach out and touch His garment his cloak, his presence and say, yes, it shall come to pass again. Can everyone just close their eyes? I'll say it again. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God today. I have no idea your relationship with Jesus. But he knows exactly where you are in that relationship. Maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you have and you've stepped away in your own heart and that relationship. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to Him to acknowledge Jesus and say, Jesus, 
I want you to step into my heart, into my life, for my future. And as you step towards him, he shall step towards you. So if you've never made that decision, made, ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Or if you have and you've stepped away, just raise your hand right now. Lift up your hand. Thank you very much. 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 Lift up your hands. There are a number of people here today wondering where you are in that relationship. Please raise your hand because you're not raising your hand to me. Thank you very much. This is one of the most defining moments on the planet for your life by simply acknowledging Him as Lord and Savior of your life. There are three other people wondering whether they should raise your hand. You should. Thank you very much, sir. There's two other people. I'm not going to delay this, but this is why we gather together because the reality is Jesus wants to connect with you the way He wants to have a meaningful, loving, living relationship with you. Just those two other people, just very quickly. Raise your hand very quickly. With every eye closed. Thank you very much. Just that other person. Thank you very much. Now those people who have raised your hand, can you just stand up in your seat? Stand up in your seat right now. Please just stand up in your seat. Just where you are. I'm not going to ask you to move out of that place. Just stand in your seat. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Love you to stand up. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. There's this, still this pull. There's one other person. For some reason, you're in church, but you're disconnected. What is that? Why is that? Why do you not raise your hand? Please stand. Please stand. And watch what he will do for you by that moment of acknowledgement of him. Just stand up. Please, just stand up. I'm drawing this to a close. Thank you, Father. We are all going to pray this prayer together as a church with those people standing. And at the end of the service, someone will come and talk to you about this relationship. But we are all going to pray with you. Repeat after me, everybody in this place. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins so that I may be known by you. And today, Lord, I am saved, I'm made whole, and I'm one with you. The past has passed. In Jesus' name. Amen. For all those people, someone at the end of this service will come and chat with you. And talk to you about that relationship with him. They may pray and just talk further about that relationship. But can I tell you, this is the greatest day, sir, of your life. The greatest day of your life. The most wonderful day of your life by standing, taking a stand for you in Jesus. Can we all stand up? I'd love us all just to raise our hands in this final moment. This shall be a front foot prayer. And I shall make the declaration over you as an individual, over your family, over this church, over this community, over this city, over this state. But for you today, I want you with your hands to be reaching out, touching, reaching at. But I am not worthy. Yes, you are worthy. He has given his life for you. Reach out and agree with him. And Father,
this morning as we draw this service to a close. I pray that every single one of us, man and woman, mature or young, I pray for that which you have promised, for that which we have believed shall come to pass. And in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, miracles are a part of our inheritance. Healing is a part of our inheritance. Restoration and reconciliation are part of our inheritance. And in Jesus' mighty name, we touch the cloak and the garment of a living, loving God who says, and it shall come to pass. And it shall come to pass today. Come on, let's put our hands together in agreement today. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is able. Thank you for listening. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3h.life.